0: if you work for the catholic church and want to avoid burnout overcome team dysfunctions and put more souls in the pews we are here to help i'm john Kahns. today i am not joined by my co-host taihua but we're still providing leadership development for catholic ministry professionals every week you can expect engaging discussions expert interviews and actionable advice to help you move jesus mission forward in your parish today we're having a conversation with a man that has a lot of experience in ministry. He's all over your social media. John Blevins, welcome to the podcast.
1: My friend,
0: John, thanks for having me. <laughs> it is so good to see you. I, you know, As I was kind of reaching out to you, I just had this memory. Uh, do you remember way back when we were both working in the Chicago area um, in ministry, yep. and we were having a conversation, and you threw out this name, very popular video gamer. Um, and I had no idea what was going on because I wasn't in video games at all. But you basically introduced me to the world of streaming for, for money. <laughs> the fact that people could get paid yeah. to play video games, that that was a real career that people could have. And, and it was the moment where that glass shattered for me, where I realized my parents were wrong and actually probably <laughs> hampered my, my professional development when they told me to stop playing video games. Is that true?
1: Uh, it is true. Let's just say that your parents could have retired a lot earlier had they not uh, told you to stop playing video games. Unbelievable, and 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 <laughs> I, I'm gonna need to get that
0: in writing because they they won't believe me. But that's this, this is great. I you know um, it's good to see. Uh, we got a, a little bit of history there um, from our time back in Chicago, and I would love for you to just share with the listeners. Let me get out of the way. Just share with them a little bit. You know, I know who you are. I hear a little bit about what you're up to, but tell them who's John Blevins. Uh, what does he do?
1: yeah I appreciate that man uh so Jonathan Blevins I was born in Detroit which is a huge part of the story because I'm a die-hard Lions fan Michigan Red Wings all the things uh and it's it makes up about 80 percent of my personality so I do have to share that Lions had a heck of a season uh heart is broken still but next year they'll be back uh born and raised Catholic I've got uh two brothers and uh, a sister uh my parents uh are were awesome at raising me in the faith um Decided when I was 18 or 19 to study theology, felt a call to not really sure what, but to probably like serve in the church in some way. So I kind of packed up my life from Chicago and moved to Wisconsin, got my bachelor's degree in uh, theology. I got my first middle school youth ministry job in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. And then I became the uh, high school youth minister and the director of youth ministry there while I met my wife, been married for 10 years. We have three kids. Um, While I was working in Manitowoc, I got my master's degree in religious education with an emphasis in youth and young adult ministry and moved to Illinois, kind of back home. So born in Detroit, grew up in Illinois, went to Wisconsin for a while, back to Illinois. Um, And I've been here ever since. I've been here for like, gosh, eight years. I worked at two different parishes uh, as a director of evangelization at each parish uh both those parishes were awesome did a lot of uh, great ministry there a lot of hearts changed God is good uh and then about five years ago I started streaming part-time in the evenings uh for those who are unfamiliar with what that is it's like YouTube uh but live all the time on a website called Twitch um I just turned it on at night played some Fortnite with a camera and uh it's crazy it kind of took off um it became uh, my name was is bearded Blevins uh, on all social media platforms um, you know i live out my catholic faith uh and everything that i do so people ask a lot of questions about uh the faith especially when i first started streaming five years ago we talked a lot about it and it was really cool I, I got to see god kind of work in this new space that often is is labeled as toxic or uh super negative and then about two years ago it was going so well uh and i decided i decided to st- make a business out of it and start streaming and doing content creation full-time with the purpose of you know bringing light into the darkness that can be the internet. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing full time for the last two years. That's the short version. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that. And and it's we
0: have to think a little different. I think there's you know, we'll get a little bit into tools for the 21st century and stuff like that, but but we are living in a different time and there there's different, uh well, I don't know what you want to call it, but areas that we can step into in ministry that really we need to be stepping into. Um, last week Joe Rutten was on the podcast and he said, I can't wait for you know, why aren't we creating the legend of Zelda for Christianity, right? <laughs> just this idea that there is this whole world of, of video games, this whole world of streaming that is a new frontier for evangelization that we can step into. Can you tell us just tell us a little bit about what that looks like to work to evangelize in that context? What, what are the, what, how do you approach that?
1: uh so for, so me personally you know we're we I kind of use the term pre-evangelization like for what we're trying to do um i i think back to uh, i think back to you know now bishop uh robert Barron, back when he was just father a baron and he was doing youtube if you remember he was doing like uh movie reviews on youtube and at the time he was getting so much flack around the church around and around the world for like what is this priest doing talking about movies like who like what and and now we like if you're a Catholic you know ministry apostolate you're 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 trying to do to reach anyone if you're not on YouTube you're failing uh right you're not going to do well so like he was the first one the first kind of mover and everyone's like oh my goodness now you have to have a YouTube page so Life Teen and Focus and I mean you name uh, Ascension Press these all these companies they all have YouTube pages um and and so with live streaming it's kind of this new frontier it's been around for 15-ish years um and and of course the church is always the Catholic Church especially is like the slowest to adopt there's like Christian uh you know Protestant services services and pastors and streamers who've been doing this for years um but basically live streaming like people want to feel like part of community we know this they've we've wanted that since the dawn of time we were created by God, to be in community with each other. One way that people experience community, especially now in 2024, is online. Um, is that as good as in person? Probably not, um, definitely not. But it can be a supplemental and it can be an introduction to community for a lot of people. And a lot of people are spending time online. Like the stats are crazy young people, not just young people though, people our age, you and me, spend a lot of time online. Uh, and, and so the church needs to be there and then this live streaming space it's super important so like we do pre evangelization so i'm hanging out i'm just being myself i'm doing barbecue streams and i play fortnite sometimes and we talk sports and i've got a podcast about media uh for kids um, but we need people leading bible studies live on twitch and people you know doing catechism in a year like father maxence is doing on twitch and doing these things live um we need way more people in the catholic church doing it so i, I think
0: i yeah absolutely i love that and i do appreciate that you you made kind of that that caveat that is it as good as meeting in person? Probably not, but it is, it's kind of a first threshold, isn't it? You know, Sherry Waddell has her thresholds of conversion. It's that, that pre-evangelization. Yeah. It's, it's that, that bridge of trust that you're creating that someone might, they might never meet you in person, but they go, Oh, you know, Jonathan Blevins. I watched that guy online. He's super cool. He's really into his faith. Now this fire comes across my desk or I get this text from this, uh, you know flock note that i signed up for at my church that comes across and says bible study we're talking about xyz and i go well you know now i've got a little more trust in my heart that I, I know somebody that i respect that makes the church approachable that get that helps me to cross that first threshold and maybe enter in like it, it really does that pre-evangelization i really i think that that's so valuable can, can you help me to understand because i i don't stream i i'm not on twitch yeah and i'm i'm in a rural area too where You know i know that all the kids are streaming but most of the people who are working the churches um are not (laughs) and so what what is twitch like because you said leading bible studies and in my head i think about streaming i'm playing video games and thinking about do you lead a, a bible study while you're playing or you can stream anything on twitch
1: yeah so it started off as a video game streaming platform uh in the last i don't know i don't know the year but in the last 10 years it was purchased by amazon right so google owns youtube um and Amazon owns Twitch and now you can stream anything so uh, cooking streams are really popular most people who are podcasting or doing sports talk radio uh are, are live streaming you know something really interesting is AM sports radio like ESPN Chicago 1000 or 670 the score um all these major radio stations around the country are all live streaming as well and and you can it's so funny to watch the evolution over the last two years where we're just going to put a camera on and we'll be live on Twitch even though we'll never ever address the chat to now they're like oh if we're gonna be live on Twitch we that's actually probably more active than the people trying to call in so we need to be paying attention more to to this live streaming stuff um but yeah if you have a camera and you have the internet or even just really good cell phone reception you can go live doing whatever you want uh including you know being wildly inappropriate and doing hot tub streams and and all kinds of you know things that you can imagine um, but which is why I think we just need more good, wholesome, pure uh content out there.
0: Yeah, and, and what a low barrier to entry for someone who who has I think about is it Saint Paul who writes about I try not to speak, you know, the the word, or it's one of the prophets. I try not to speak, I try to hold your word in, but then it becomes like this burning coal and like woe to me if I don't speak it. Like if you've got that holy spirit fire, you feel like you you feel called to share something, but you're not exactly sure. That's a low, low barrier to entry to start sharing what God is, is is giving to you, what what He's calling you to, and to be able to hopefully call people in. Like it, to me, that just seems like that really low barrier entry. People could could get started today.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and one thing, I, if I could, you know, have anyone take one thing away from from what I'm saying right here, the the majority of people who I am meeting, and I've met a ton of people from my stream, a majority of the people that I have met. Majority of the people that are in this stream that are on this platform, or even watching YouTube Live or Facebook Live, wherever they're watching live content, a majority of them are normal people. Mm-hmm. Major- a large majority. These are people that you run into in the grocery store. These are people you see at your church, people in your Bible study. These aren't like, oh, those weirdos who only uh, sit in their parents' basement on, on the internet. No, like these are most of the people who watch me live every single day are are at work <laughs> and they're watching <laughs> in the same way they would listen to a podcast. They're watching a live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I've met some, many of these people in real life. They've become very good friends. Um, and so for sure something that the church needs to embrace, not everyone's called to it. Um, but we absolutely, the church absolutely has to be present in this live streaming platform in this space. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and that's important too, just because it's a tool that's available doesn't mean everybody should be using it or that you are called for to sure. use it or that, you know, but, but to be, maybe even start that conversation of who maybe should be. I, I think that's great. Well, I, I'm wondering because you did say you pivoted out of working for the church. I'm wondering if, if I can get, and maybe whether you got some hot takes on this or whatever it is, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts. One of the the reasons we started our podcast is because I, I perceived a lot of frustration and I don't think it's unique to working for the church, but there is a lot of frustration that people experience when they work for the church. And so I, I know you've been a traveling speaker being in Chicago. I, you just seem to know everybody like the, and you were at the events where all the other uh, DREs catechists leaders were at, where, where have you seen people getting frustrated in their ministry work?
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. A, uh, I talk a lot. I could talk a lot about it. You know, I, it's, it's really tough. So I had 15 years in, in parish ministry, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade it for the world. In fact, it, it, God made me do it and wanted me to do it so that I would be ready to do what I'm doing now. And I learned a lot throughout those 15 years that um, I would I would not have been ready to do what I'm doing now if I hadn't learned all of that. Um, but there's just there's so much. It's it's so tough because I'll start I'll start with the first thing that comes to mind for me. It, the I think what I've learned because I, I, I'm in a for profit business now. Um, uh, there's a very different type of person who works for profit and who works in a nonprofit. Um, it's, it's very hard to self-motivate uh, when you're, when you're going to get paid no matter what in a, in a nonprofit organization, right? Like, like most nonprofits that I'm aware of, unless you have to fundraise for your salary, which is a horrible thing. And most churches should not be doing that unless they absolutely have to. Uh, it's hard to find people who are motivated to want to do better, you would think that's crazy because you would think that for the salvation of souls that you should you should want to work more and, and try new things and reach more people. But often you just find people in ministry um, who are doing the same thing they've been doing for for fifty years, um, for thirty years, for ten years, and for five years. Right? I'm not. It's not. It has nothing to do with age, just with an uh, inability to change the approach of how we do ministry. Um, and so I think in general that is a problem that is in the church. To answer your question what is the frustration that most people working in the church have so many but i think it often starts with uh there's a lot that is asked of our priests mm. uh, just a lot right uh, i was talking to a really good friend of mine and a mentor recently every church seems to have that one volunteer uh, who's been there forever they're usually the first person to say hello to you when you arrive at this job uh, at this new parish job uh, and they're the first person to tell you who they are and how long they've been there and how they'll probably be there when you're gone. Um, these are the people who often are not very kind uh, you know, to the people walking in. Uh, they're, you know what I'm talking about? You know the type in ministry, right? We, we call her and, Ethel and it, on this podcast. It, perfect, <laughs> Ethel, yeah. And and bless Ethel's heart because Ethel has been doing more for in in service, especially in her mind, for the church or his mind uh then then most people in the in that parish but the pastor the pastor's job is to minister to ethel and and help ethel to be kind and to realize it's not about her and it's about jesus and and that's actually like a huge part of that pastor's job and he also has to run all the councils and he has to make make the budget and he has to make sure that everyone else and the and his staff is as happy as well and raise money there's so much um and that is it's just I don't know what the answer is i don't think it's I don't think it's because of a priest shortage by any means, but uh, I do think that that's a major issue is that a pastor is supposed to be all things to all people, and that is so tough you have to be like the perfect pastor f- to make that work um and that's just a lot to ask that's my that was my initial thought
0: yeah, absolutely well they they're trained to do something specific right they're they're trained to be a priest to administer the sacraments they're trained to understand the ins and outs of the philosophy behind the faith, the theology of the faith, so they can share the truth of God's love of the way that God operates in people's lives. At no point in my understanding in their training are they taught how to be the CEO of a million dollar corporation in no way, you know, and and that does come with really unique (laughs) frustrations because your, your boss is someone who was kind of thrown into this job. Um, in a lot of ways uh, you know the peter principle <laughs> where you just yeah you, you just can you know peter didn't have the the qualifications either and he just got thrown into the job <laughs> and and, I, and it was messy and it was messy just like it's messy today <laughs> and i and there probably isn't any one fix but i i think uh we, we were talking right before we hit record i think one solution is the role of the laity right the the role of the way the the way ministry should look in a church, and the way that individual families fill that role, right? So, how does that look in yeah. you guys? Are you can you share that a little bit with us? Just what what your ministry to your family looks like now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I want to share this because this is like this is something that I've come around on, even though I don't think I agree with it. But it's interesting. Like I was a career ministry person. I my master's in theology, got into a crazy amount of debt. That if I didn't win on Family Feud. Like I, I would still be in. Uh, right. And and so I like it's it hurt me when a very one of my very best friends who's a priest said to me that, you know, I don't even think you should have a job. I don't think that there should be anyone in professional ministry. Well, there then you wouldn't have a podcast, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and and he goes, like, it should just be the lady. It should just be um, the the volunteers. I was like, well, Who would do youth ministry? Well, the lady. And I'm like, Well, we don't have they don't have time, that's unrealistic. And he was a baby priest when he said this. And I was very defensive, and I don't agree with him still however now that i'm i've got three older kids uh older they're eight uh, nine seven and th- uh four uh like i i see it now i don't have time to, to volunteer for four different things so i can't it, it can't just be on a volunteers to go and do things uh, but all that said it's it is interesting that like i learned firsthand it is really the role of the parents to catechize their kids like it just it just really is and uh so for us you ask what it's like we actually we had our kids in catholic school a great school uh saint james here on arlington heights we loved it um they're again nine and seven and they were spending a, a lot of time we thought um just sitting in a desk like and so we're like oh man we we felt this pull to homeschool um my wife stays home with the kids anyway and so uh, a huge sacrifice for her still uh, but she decided to do it and I teach religion, which is super fun. Uh, and my, my uh, second grader, I'm prepping for, you know, first reconciliation and first communion right now. And it's, it's just incredible. Like I did 15 years of full-time ministry. Nothing compares to uh, the, the time and the moments that I get to spend uh, with my kids teaching them the faith. And, and when you create time for it, there's the sacredness. They understand that it's different. Uh, they get excited about it. Uh, and, and it's just, it's incredible. And then what I've noticed in this last year of doing this, a lot of my friends who I met after working in the church, they're like, man, you know, kind of know a lot of this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, this is what I studied, but I was like, but you can do it too. Like I'm teaching my kids the basics. Uh, and, and so it's just really interesting. So we, we try to live it out here in our domestic church, uh, the best that we can. We're not perfect, but it's been a great year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, there's something to that. Um, I made the switch at, at the last parish I worked in, where essentially I said, if your kid's in the parish, you need to be, or if your kid's in the, uh, in the program, you need to be in the program. The whole idea being that so many of our parents that work in the parish aren't catechized beyond First Communion, maybe Confirmation, yeah. if you want to count whatever they were given when they went through Confirmation. And, and so that first or second grade level of, of knowledge in the faith so when you bring them in and you're still just teaching the basics of the faith to the kids, it still hits home for the parents because that's where many of them are at in their education. So we did uh, Ascension Press, uh, the uh, God's Plan for Scripture, and for yep. it, it just walks them through salvation history, the, the Bible, basically from front to back. And it was the first time most of those parents heard those stories and saw the whole picture of God's love for them, of salvation history and their role in it and how it leads to the church we have today. And it just started making connections for people. It was, it was really beautiful. And then when they do that, they go, I know more than I thought I did, but also this is more accessible than I thought it was. And both of those things create opportunities for dialogue. It creates opportunities to create that sacredness in their lives, in their home, um, and and even to carve out time to go to it in their day. I love that. Uh, so I imagined, because I, I I go to uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd with my kids.
1: Okay. And yeah. so
0: so we're working to create <laughs> sacredness. Do you have any like, e- well, either a funny story of like, where something really didn't go <laughs> go right. Or maybe a, a moment where you're like, wow, my kid is, is receiving something here.
1: Uh, yeah. So my my oldest caleb was at basketball practice and i had my uh seven-year-old zachary and at this time my three-year-old daughter kiara um, and i had to teach i had to have class with zach that night so i didn't have time to do our candle or to uh really do anything we still we had dinner the table was super messy after dinner still and i was like we have 30 minutes i've gotta i've gotta do this with you or mom's gonna be upset we're gonna get this <laughs> chapter done right
0: the real motivating um, force. Which
1: is, <laughs> yes. Which, which was like, you know, of course, looking back, it's like, man, what a, like, come on, John. Like, I, this is, I, I do this, this. This was my job for 15 years. And I basically told my kid, let's get this over with, you know? Um, and then, and then Kiara comes over and I was like, hey, go do a puzzle. And she comes over and she's like, I don't want to do a puzzle. Can I learn with you and Zachary? And I was like, no, no, this is Zachary's time. This is Zachary's time. And then Zachary was like, you know, like, daddy, would, would Jesus want, uh, I heard her to, to, to like not do that. and I was like, okay, you're like, what is happening? So I like, I grabbed Kiara. I sit her down on my lap. I got Zachary sitting right next to me and we do the entire thing. And Kiara didn't really, she was three. She like, maybe even maybe like closer to three than three and a half. She had no clue what we were talking about, but she loved every moment of it. And because she was there, Zachary got more into it and he wanted to help her as well. And so it just kind of became this family thing instead of just like, one-on-one you know religious education that would have just been the same if we were sitting in a classroom uh so that that was just a beautiful moment uh and and then of course as you know man kids just they're they just they're the greatest right like they just say the the best things they ask the best questions um and that whole night zachary was asking all kinds of good questions about you know nana papa who passed are they in heaven what does that mean I'm explaining to him that at mass we're lifted up, and that all the angels and saints are singing with us, and that if they're in heaven, that they're with us singing there, and that that's the closest we'll ever be to them, um, you know, until we get to heaven. And he's just, it was just an it was an awesome awesome night. Mm, that's and, and it, but it started out horrible, right? It started out just like <laughs> let's just get this over with. Oh, that's awesome, and, and just the power of
0: that, right? Think about all the all the hopelessness that that people are expressing. In our culture and in our world right now right all this hopelessness this seed that you are planting that that you're allowing them to experience that there is so much beyond just this there's so much beyond this and you get to enter into that reality every well every day if you wanted to go to mass but every single weekend when we go and this is this is why we prepare ourselves this is why we learn like what a gift to give to your kids man that that is just awesome, and I I'd love to see a parish full of that. I think that's what that's what family formation is supposed to be, right? It's uh, people pick it up as as just another program that keeps them from having to do religious habit every single week, uh, but it's yeah. really meant to be this, where you have are have evangelized parents evangelizing their kids, cultivating an encounter with the living God.
1: Yeah, that, you're exactly right, John. And that's I think what you just said is is what is missing from a lot of parishes right now around the country is that we uh we use their we use the we use the sacraments as the carrot on the stick and then we use the kids as the carrot on the stick for the parents um rather than and so we get the parents in the doors right and we're like okay we'll have a presentation about what the year is going to be and the requirements and then we'll have you know snacks and the what but what's I think that we need to create an encounter like you're saying for the parents the same way that we tried to do with the kids the same way we try to do with middle schoolers and high schoolers and that focus is trying to do on camp on college campuses is to create an encounter for parents so we actually started before I left uh my last parish we uh we started family catechesis if you will um but we we basically had a night once a month um we it was required but it wasn't we weren't going to call home if you didn't go um and and people a lot of people showed up and we called it encounter we had adoration um you know there was uh, music played throughout we had confessions a really good talk basically an XLT if people are familiar with that uh but it was it was incredible and when that happens when you can get the parents heart transformed and on fire then I mean the whole like you said the whole family is going to follow and so I feel like if parish is focused more on that and less on like we just got to get the parents in the doors and we just have to get them to to show up it's to it's to say like what can we do to help the parents have an encounter the same way you would with any other age group is is huge
0: and recognizing that those parents are going to be there in another 10 years another 15 years those teens that you're trying so desperately and like throwing all this money into their programs they are going to leave in four years no matter what right they're graduating from high school they're probably going somewhere else those parents are going to yep. be there they are the lifeblood of the parish you have you have to spend time on them and getting their hearts otherwise when those kids leave and they're not in the par- gets, or they're, they're not in the parish and their kids aren't needing to go through sacraments then you lose the parents and the kids yeah so 100% you got to go after them so i it, Obviously, we've been kind of spouting out some of the holes, the leaks in the boat that we think we could plug that, that we think could fix. But I'm, I'm wondering, is there anywhere that you've really seen ministry just being done well that, that you'd want to maybe brag on? Um, it, it could be in your church or a ministry you follow. It could be your own work that you're doing with, with your pre-evangelization in yours. Where, where do you see ministry being done right now?
1: you know I've, I've already kind of mentioned it uh twice uh, and and it's funny because I I never like the the big dogs on campus and the and I like the underdogs and in, in all of life but especially in ministry um focus is is killing it um the Fellowship of Catholic University students like what they're what they're able to do the model that they have um it's pretty undeniable right now I thought that and life teen is great I've, I've, I've done a lot of work with life teen um over the years I still think they're great uh I I would always run into people at these events or in my life who are living out the faith and like the one thread they seem to have was life teen um and now it's like everywhere I go man I'm meeting people who are focused missionaries or who were in Bible studies at their University from focus um that's awesome stuff uh I really there's a there's a parish in I'm gonna forget the name but there's a parish in Texas that is just now they are financially blessed and that is a like you can do when when you have a lot of money you have a lot of responsibility but you can do a lot of things I went to this place man the every Mass is packed Mm. it's security all over because you're you know in Texas the churches are massive you're talking about two thousand plus people uh you know in these churches and they had at the end of at the end of mass there there was an announcement and I was just visiting uh from out of town with my family and this announcement bro I hate when churches do announcements at the end of mass. Like I just put it in a bulletin, put it on the screen, send a text. Like you, you don't have to announce everything. And so I would roll my eyes. You're, I, you know, yeah. Dudes.
0: They're just bending over backwards. It's like, you're already not paying attention. So let's make one last desperate grab for your attention.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But dude, this they're the best announcements I've ever heard. And it was wildly overwhelming because they had so many things happening but they were like the the catholic you know equivalent whatever equivalent to boy scout thing is is this weekend the father-son trip with father what's his name is this coming weekend we have a march madness party for all parents and we're auctioning off barbecue uh like brisket from the i mean dude it was something for everyone that like and i wished i was every age as they were talking i was like man what a! they're just doing so many things and they're being so creative and there's so many opportunities for community um i need to get the the name of that church for you um but it was absolutely awesome but like parishes that are thinking outside of the box uh while while of course being super uh reverent right and teaching the the truths of the of the church i think are just killing it
0: absolutely yeah because there's a real person right they're 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 doing that really authentic introduction to Jesus they're that really authentic call to action there's some there's actually something they're inviting you to something real. yeah
1: and (laughs) and something that I would probably say no to hanging out with friends or bring my friends to like Mm -hmm. I love the church I'm a part of right now absolutely love it um nine times out of ten I get an invite to invent and I'm like "Ah, I could think of about 10 things I'd rather do (laughs) bro that day that day in that church in Texas I was like I want to go to all those things yeah somebody please Please invite me back. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I'll bring all my friends.
0: (laughs) All right. So we got one more big question for you. And that's just simply, if you had the attention of the whole world for 90 seconds, what would you say?
1: I purposely did not write uh, anything down for this because I wanted to see what would come to my mind uh, when you asked it and I'm not telling you that's a stall so is my 90 seconds already almost up
0: (laughs) no no Uh, we don't really time
1: people that's a no here's what here's what I want people to know I want people to know that that people in general are good uh that that the world we're in like it can be very easy to look at the amount of time people are spending online and on their phones and uh the, the just the horrible addictions that seem to be plaguing the world to look at the politics to look at uh the war is going on there's so much negativity and it's it can be very easy to just look around um and and just think that we're bad that people are really bad of course we're inherently sinful and original sin and all of those things um but i think that generally people are good and that the the more often that we give people a benefit of the doubt uh the the better off we will be uh, there's this especially this young generation this young generation the Gen Z and, and and I think what is it Alpha coming up next like they want good for the world they may not know what that means and that's on us as as the elderly uh older Catholics to show them that the answer is Christ and his church but their heart is there more than I think my generation's uh, was and it just the world is good. And, and, and I think that, that Christ's message is being lived out in way more ways than we think. And it's up to us to, to find that and to share it, uh, and to, and to bring people into the church.
0: Amen, Amen. Thanks for sharing that. It, that was about 86 seconds. So that's about perfect. Not,
1: I still got it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Is there anywhere, our listeners can go to uh connect with you support the work that you do
1: sure appreciate that man uh just of blovins anywhere of blovins.com we'll show you all the different uh ways to to watch what we're doing live streaming on uh, TV forward slash beard of blovins as well and my friend there's a podcast called is this for kids that we do to help parents navigate digital media is this for kids.com as well it's really fun is this for kids okay all right, wonderful
0: man! Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you want to transform your parish through your work, but you're not sure where to start, I want to encourage you download our free parish health assessment at catholicministryprofessionals.com dot com slash free assessment. It's just 36 questions, it takes about five minutes to fill out, and when you're done, you'll have a color coded picture of your parish's health that you can use to fuel better conversations prioritize better work, and become a better leader. You can always email us at catholicmenpros at gmail.com to share feedback, to request a free consultation. And finally, don't forget to text this episode to a priest or a friend in ministry if you think they could benefit from it. And with that, we'll see you guys in the vineyard.